warning, warning, the thoughts, the ideas, and the opinions of this show belong to no one and no one only. Nothing you hear, nothing you see will be authentic, nor will it be original. The sole purpose of today's episode is to provoke thought from within. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, 18 plus, you are tuned into the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, along with my producer extraordinaire, JC, John Coleman. Word. What's going on, JC? Good to be back yet again. You know, you kicked me out for another awesome guest, though. It was a great guest. Awesome guest. Yes. Dr. Daniel. No, he's not a doctor. Oh. Dr. Bruce was a doctor. That's right. Daniel Tribby married to a doctor. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, you get so many guests. No, they just I get, you know, just, I don't know how Rogan does it. You like, get lost in the shuffle. Like, like, I don't know how Joe Rogan does it. Like, And by the way, speaking of Rogan, I'm so happy that, that the world has had this particular show to turn to. When Rogan has taken his hiatus, he right? had to take a medical hiatus, which, you know, I totally get. We live in the world of Rona. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I was blessed to think, wow, what's going to fill the void of Joe Rogan yeah. not being on air for nine days? And I thought, ding, 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 the Lone Officer podcast. There we go. Yeah. So here we are. Yep. Um, you're back in the saddle. And this is going to be a, um, it's going to be a great show. Okay. Okay. First and foremost, and I don't think I've ever said that. And this is our 73rd show that we yep. put together. It's going to be a show that I promise I'm going to tap dance on eggshells. Mm. I'm going to try to talk in circles because I do not want this show ever to be an opinion piece where there's strong opinions shared for the sole purpose of changing someone's mind. Yeah. Right. We're, we're the opposite of that. We want to share ideas that mostly aren't factually 100% accurate. Yeah. Just to make someone say, hmm, hmm, I wonder how that applies to me. I wonder how I can incorporate that into my life. I wonder right. what that means to me. Swipe and adapt. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. How can I swipe and adapt that? Yeah. So we need to cover this topic mm-hmm. because if you notice, I'm wearing something special on my shirt today. Is that a scratch and sniff sticker? That is a scratch and sniff. I have voted sticker, right? Okay. So this is my, let's see here, 2000. Uh, I could not vote in the 1996 presidential election because I turned 18 three weeks after mm. the election. Mm. So 2000 was my first presidential election. So I have 04, I have 08, 12, 16, and now 20. It's my sixth okay. presidential election. And I went and I early voted. It was super easy. But um, I don't want people to know how I voted. Um, I don't care one-on-one if you want to ask me, I'll tell you, yeah. but like this show's not about like, I, I'm always reminded of, the, of this Sammy Kershaw song from the 1990s. If you didn't listen to nineties country, you don't know who Sammy Kershaw is. He was once married to Lori Morgan. Lori Morgan had like seven husbands. Sammy Kershaw was one of them, but Sammy Kershaw has this song called politics, religion, and her, her meaning, you know, my current wife, my ex-wife, my current girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend. So you don't talk about politics, religion, and her. And I very much have always stated that's how I want the show to be. Like, yep. we're not going to talk about our spouses a whole lot. We're not going to talk politics. We're not going to talk religion. Now, one-on-one, you and I are pretty open. We'll talk about anything. Yeah. But for this show, we want to keep everything very surface level. Correct. But I did vote. We do have a, a, a very any, – any 
opportunity to vote is a big year, right? So this is mm-hmm. a big year because it's a, it's, a, it's a presidential race. So there's a lot on the ballot that people should go out and give their opinions on. And hopefully those opinions are well-researched. Yep. They're well thought out, right? When, when people are, are searching for articles, they A, not only look for the date the article is written, they also look to see, is this an opinion piece or is it a, I'm going to use air quotes here, non-opinion yeah. piece? Because look, every piece written is going to have some kind of a slant. I'm telling you right now, this show that we're going to do isn't going to be slanted, but it's difficult for me to keep some of my leanings out of uh, my rhetoric. Yeah, we'll try hard to. Um, but uh, you know, when when individuals are doing their research, they should be looking for the date it was written. Because don't go referencing something written in 2013 when it's in 2020. Uh, make sure it doesn't say opinion. And then also, look, who is the publication? And where are they on the scale of crazy? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. On the scale of crazy. We try to find people who are in the middle. Mm-hmm. Right? Publications that are in the middle. Not the far left. Not the far right. Those are the crazies. We try to cut the crazies off. And we try to play with what's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um so speaking of the election and my sticker, because I went this morning and early, early voted. Yep. Here is a very common question that we get working in the profession that we work in. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you ask it because you hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. What does the election mean for the market? Yeah. What does the election mean for the market? Like how many of your friends, because they know you work for a mortgage company, now all of a sudden expect you to know what's going on in the market. Yeah. And, and they ask you. And I just, I flub up the answer. I'm like, yeah, tune into this next episode. Tune into this next <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll do an episode on that, which that's actually what, why yeah. we're doing this. Yeah. We're doing this because whether it's internally or externally, we've been getting the question. Yep. Um, I could end it right now and say nothing. And we can go ahead and do back. Well, that was an easy edit. Yeah. There we go. We're done. <laughs> we're done. Nothing. Like very little. Yeah. But the audience deserves a little bit more than that. Correct. So full disclaimer, and I try to do it when we kicked off the show, but look, if you're a fact checker, you're going to love this. I love it. I'm just going to feed you for the next, whatever it is, 15, 25, 35 minutes. I'm going to feed you with, with, um, ammunition Mm -hmm. for your fact checking gun (laughs) and uh, you can go and fire away. Yeah. Feel free. Okay. I'm not, a trained political commentary. I do not have a master's in political science. I don't have a PhD in economics. What I'm going to teach you is the world as it makes sense to me, as it's been explained to me, or as I've read it, digested it, and put it into my own words. Sounds fair. Okay. Ready to go. I'm ready. All right. So regardless of who is elected, interest rates are going to stay basically the same. Housing is going to continue on its same trajectory. So hear me out, regardless of who it is. Now, we can talk about typically what happens if it's a Democrat, typically what happens if it's a Republican, mm-hmm. right? And let's, let's get into that. And then we can even talk about a, a phenomenon that, that may happen if there's a sweeping change, which in this election cycle, a sweeping change would be for the Democrats to take over the House, or that they have the House, take over the Senate as well as the the, the, the president. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll probably end on that one first. Let's start with like what is typical, typical in in air quotes. Yeah. Okay. So typically, if a Republican is is in office as the president, is typically viewed as pro economic growth, mm-hmm. which is crazy because 
the last, I want to say something like four or five recessions have all transpired when a Republican was president. You don't say. Think about that one. Hmm. Now, we're not going to argue like, well, it was the policies for the three or five years running up yeah. to, okay, I'm just saying, state, yeah. stating something that I know as fact, that's a fact, yep. all right? But typically, the market reacts favorably to a Republican being elected president because Republican policy is one in which it tends to be anti-regulation. Mm -hmm. Anti-regulation is supposed to um, promote a free market. A free market is good for business. A free market with, with, with uh, less regulation means you're um, pushing down or curbing costs because regulation costs money. Uh, therefore, profits could be seen to be higher if you're operating with uh, less restrictions. Gotcha. Regulations could be restrictions. Okay. And very much the stock market is as, an, as, a, as, as emotional as like a 13-year-old Okay, going, you know, experience hormones for the first time. Gotcha. Right. That is how our our market operates, at least here in the US. So when a Republican is voted president, stock market goes up big time, regardless of facts, just on emotion, mm -hmm. because it's perceived that it's going to be low regulation, low taxes, great for business. Gotcha. Great for business, stocks are investments in the business, the value of the business. Artificially just goes up, yeah. right? So when the stock market is, market is doing well, you tend to have the bond market not doing as well. Okay. Because people, if they had $1,000 to invest, I'm simplifying it here, you can either put your $1,000 in the stock market in hopes that it earns you an 8 to 12% rate of return, yep. or you can put it into the bond market at which point you know it's only going to uh, uh, generate a 2 to 4% rate of return. You go into bonds when you're afraid of what's going on economically. You go into stocks when you have less fear. Mm -hmm. Well, if you have that same $1,000 and they're all going into stocks, they're not going into bonds, then what you end up seeing is the price of bonds will drop. Interest rates work inversely to bond prices. So a Republican being elected president, typically you can see mortgage rates go up. But uh, you could all see the stock market go up mm. in value. Mm -hmm. Okay, so typically that's what happens. I've already answered the question, by the way, guys, that not a whole lot's going to change regardless if it's Trump or Biden. Okay, now typically what happens if it's a Democrat that is that is elected? Well, it's going to be obviously the opposite of what I just explained for a Republican. Yep. You typically Democrats tend to be uh, more for higher taxes. Higher taxes could. Um, dig into corporate profits. If a company isn't deemed as going to be more as profitable in the future, then you can see the value of that company coming down. Uh, a democratic policy could be one in terms of, of regulation, mm -hmm. like they're for regulation. Well, regulation, I know this from working in an industry that's heavily regulated, costs go up. Yeah, Costs go up in regulation. Now, here's what's something interesting about regulation. I'm going to rabbit hole a minute. Okay. But before I do, do you have any questions regarding what I just kind of went through? Nah, that was okay. very well explained, to be honest with you. Anything that I need to be fact-checked on or corrected? I'm sure someone will do it in the comments. Well, look, the the recession one, that's a great fact-check. Mm -hmm. That is a great one. And I said, I'm going to say it again for my fact-checkers out here. Here's some more ammo. Here's a little gas on the fire. The the last four or five, I'm giving myself a little bit yeah, of a, a, wiggle, a room. wiggle room there. The last four or five recessions happened when a Republican was president. Yeah. Now, what I'm not going to debate is... 
what caused the mm -hmm. recession. And I can't debate it because I don't have a PhD in economics. Nor do I. Nor experience in public policy. And unless you do, listeners, it's not worth debating. Yep. Again, that's a whole separate rabbit hole, right? I'm going to go down the rabbit hole of regulation. Okay. But the rabbit hole of um, does your opinion matter? Typically, not really. And the reason why is because you're uneducated and, and inexperienced. Mm -hmm. And that's the world according to D.O., uh, that is no one else have I ever heard say that or, or nor am I like, you know, saying that I read that somewhere, therefore it's fact. No, that's just my own opinion mm -hmm. that me as a human, I have not worked in a certain field of expertise for a minimum of 27 weeks or 52 weeks, yeah. nor have I studied it to a master's degree level yeah. that if I ever have an opinion, should it be a warranted mm -hmm. or a uh, opinion? Yeah. It's just a thought. It's just a, well, my gut tells me this. Yeah. Um, not enough that I would get on social media and start posting about it. There you go. Right? Because it's a gut. It's not a well thought out. Now, if you want to start debating the mortgage industry and, cons and consumer behavior as it pertains to buying homes. Watch out now. Watch out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to have an opinion. And I've deserved that. Right? No different than during my I voted, I didn't know which sheriff in my county I should vote for. I was like stuck. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Guess what, do you th guess what do you think I did? You called someone who was a SME. Yes. I phoned a friend, a subject matter, matter expert, someone who spent 20 years in law enforcement. And I said, hey, here's my thoughts on this candidate. Here's my thoughts on that candidate. Are my thoughts off base? You've worked with both of them. I probably gave you an educated answer. Yes. And it was someone that I trusted. Yeah. It helped me make my decision. But never could I stand up in wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, get behind or against one or the other candidate because I honestly didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And I did two hours of research on about 18 different you know, amendments. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. two hours of research on, on, on 18 either people, races, or amendments I'm voting for yeah. isn't really a whole yeah, lot of yeah, time. Yeah. And my guess is my two hours probably still is above the median of what someone puts into me their election. 90th percentile, I'd say. Yeah. So you put, I'm in the 90th. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in the top. Yes. Yes. Most people don't even, okay. Um, but we're talking about regulation in general. Yep. Firsthand, firsthand, I have experienced working in an industry, in a world, in a time period that was wild, wild west with no regulation. Fun time? Great time. Two it got caught. Mm. Great time till it all came crashing down, mm. right? It was a great time. People made lots of money. It was easy. People made even more money. It got even easier. That sounds amazing. It was amazing until corruption started to shine, mm. until greed took over. And the largest catalyst to the financial crisis of 2007, 2008 came from corruption and greed. Mm. Now, during a deregulated state, as a consumer, your cost to acquire financing was cheap and you had your best ability to negotiate. Mm. So all things considered, you're getting cheaper mortgages at better interest rates. Now. Were rates as low as they they are today? No, but um, without getting geeky and technical, just know that during a deregulated time period, it was cheaper for the consumer 
to obtain financing and it was easier, easier mm -hmm. and cheaper for the consumer. Unfortunately, once greed and corruption started to rear its ugly head, then you started seeing people getting taken advantage of. Then you started seeing unscrupulous behavior become more um, predictable, mm. more relevant, more just outwardly in your face. And then we saw a house of cards come crumbling down and it totally demoralized and crippled the worldwide economy. Mm. Now I've lived in a world because of that, it's kind of like the pendulum was way too far to the left. Now it's come way too far to the right. Mm -hmm. And in this massive pendulum swing, because of regulation, I have good news for you. No one's getting screwed over. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. But. In, in the old world, let's say 10% of people were getting screwed over. Right? They were getting taken advantage of, ripped off, etc. Today, that happens to nobody. But what regulation did is it took the pain of the 10% mm -hmm. and just spread it out amongst the 100. Okay. So it's more difficult to obtain financing. It's way more expensive to obtain financing. It's harder to qualify, but good news is it's for everybody. No one gets screwed. Yeah, yeah it's for everybody. And guess what? I'm not telling you I think one way is better or worse. I'm sharing this information just so you're more knowledgeable. That is really the goal, right? The goal of the show is we want to entertain you. Mm -hmm. We want to educate you. We want to inspire you. And if we can, we want to motivate you. Today's show is trying to take topics that could be sensitive or boring or both. And let's try to make them somewhat entertaining and very surface level. Let's just explain it so that you can feel like you're a little bit more empowered to make a decision that suits where you are today. Mm -hmm. That's another thing, where you are today for this election in 2020. It's okay if where you are today isn't where you were in 2004, 2008, 2012, 2016. And just because you vote a certain way in 2020 doesn't mean you're held to have to vote that way in 2024 or 2028. Yeah. It's just today. And I always have that, 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 that issue in general when you look at politics. And they're like, oh, so-and-so is a flip-flopper. I'm like, are they a flip-flopper or are they just an educated person yeah. who through trials, tribulations, maturity, and time have realized that the way they used to try to govern isn't how they want to try to govern today. Well said. Right? Like, there's nothing wrong with being a flip-flopper. In fact, depending on how rampant the flip-flopping is, one could argue that it's a little bit um, shameful not to mm. want to evolve as the world changes, as your views and your experiences change. Yeah. If you're a true elected official, as your constituents change. As the, the demographics of the area that you represent change, if I'm truly a representation of my community, shouldn't I then change with them? Makes sense. So that's just food for thought. Yeah. Back on the economy, the market, and, and what is it going to mean? Okay, so if a Democrat is elected president, we will see our regulatory arm, the CFPB, become more prevalent in the way that mortgage companies and banks operate going forward. Mm -hmm. So the CFPB came about through the Dodd-Frank Act. The Dodd-Frank Act came out uh, 2008 after the financial crisis. And it was, um, the, the Dodd-Frank Act was, was a regulation to protect consumers against the banking industry. Since the current president has been elected, we have seen the teeth of the CFPB be pulled out one by one. They have, they have less of a bite, mm. less of a bark. 
many in the industry feel like that was a good thing. That when the CFPB was first put into place, this is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, when they were when they were first put into place, they came out and they governed in a manner that is deemed to be unconstitutional, right? right. They were they were governing in a way that um, they made rules through enforcement. Mm-hmm. So normally we're given rules and then you go and follow them. Think of the speed limit. Hmm. You're told when you hop on the interstate, this is the speed limit. If you exceed the speed limit, we're going to pull you over and ticket you. If you crazily exceed the speed limit, we may even lock you up. Okay. Well, the CFPB in their early ages, the 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 2008 2012 timeframe. Uh-huh. Imagine getting on the interstate and you getting pulled over and there's no sign that tells you what is fast, what is too fast, and what is like get you locked up fast. Uh-huh. Well, they would pull you over. And they would ticket you. they say, well, you're going too fast. Well, I was doing 64. Yep, that's too fast. Well, how fast am I supposed to be going? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not 64, though. Uh. And, and that, was, that was how they operated. So if, if Joe Biden's elected president, you could see more regulation. More regulation would definitely handcuff lenders going forward. They would become less aggressive. Then you would see less people qualifying for financing. Mm-hmm. Right? That's... That's a pretty safe statement to make. If the current administration stays in the place, then more than likely you're going to see the CFPB as we see it today. And that's just one regulatory body. Like there's, you know, and I'm only talking about the the, the subject matter that I feel most comfortable talking yeah. about, right? There's the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. Like they have their own uh, regulations and, you know, there's medical regulations and fracking regulations. And in general, when I speak, I can tell you firsthand experience. I have seen where regulation has benefited the consumer. I have seen where the government through regulation has protected fellow mankind. Hmm. I have also seen through regulation, the cost on all going up, the landscape becoming less competitive. I do believe that the more competitive the landscape uh, becomes, at the end of the day, the consumer wins, the average American wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've seen both sides of it because regulation protected people from getting screwed over protected people from losing their livelihood, mm. from going bankrupt, from from losing their home to foreclosure. But it also increased the cost and it tightened the credit box or it tightened the amount of people that we'd be able to to uh, to serve. Are we always going to be in this kind of constant pendulum where it's always going to be far left and then far right? Are we ever going to find a happy medium? Isn't that like the uh, goal of all this? I think the goal in life is to find the happy medium. Mm-hmm. Like think of your marriage. Think of me as parenting. Think of of my diet and exercise regimen, my reading book regimen. Like, is it safe for me to assume I can 75 hard at 365? God, I hope I hope not. No, it, look, my body would break down. Yeah. No different than I can't spring break 99 at 365 <laughs> days a year either. Yeah. My body can't handle that, nor can my mind or my soul or my friends and my family. Yeah. So, and I think that's kind of where we are is that we will witness throughout our, our, our lifetime in many facets, not just in the political realm, things are going to swing too far left, too far right. In a perfect world, you would shorten the distance your pendulum swings in general. And as it starts to swing too far one direction, then as voters, we rally and we pull it back. As it swings too far in another direction, as voters, we rally and we bring it back. That's, that is the, the luxury of living in our democratic society where we get a say. Mm. We get a voice if we choose to use our voice. So when you're out uh, making your choice this election cycle, listen to this show and let me tell you, 
your choice this election cycle is not going to impact my industry, the housing industry. It's not going to impact the, the, the interest rate market for mortgages, at least not in a um, realm that you're going to actually be able to notice, mm -hmm. right? Housing over the next three years, regardless of who is elected, is more home sales in, in 2020 than 2019, more home sales in 2021 than, than, 20, uh, than 2020, yep. more in 22 than 2021. Yeah. Mortgage interest rates are going to go up, and they're going to go up for many reasons. One of those reasons is regardless of who is elected president, we should be in a growing expansionary economy in 2021 because of the economic hit we took in Q2 of this year due to the coronavirus, right? We're going to see this week come out that our GDP number is going to be something stupid, like plus 30. And the media outlets are going to be all over it. GDP grew by over 30 points, 30%. Well, it's because it lost 30 plus percent in Q2. Like, like normally you look for, for GDP growth of somewhere like around two and a half to three and a half percent. We're going to see 30%, but that's just a byproduct of where we are. We're going to see an expanding economy in 2021 because we're going to be getting back on our feet from the economic fallout of the coronavirus. Hmm. Um, so you're, you're going to see that. So because of that, that we know in a growing economy, you tend to be a little bit weary of inflation. Inflation is a good thing, by the way. It's just, it's like anything in life. It's good in moderation, yeah. right? Inflation between 2 and 3% is good. Inflation under 2%, not so good. Inflation 6%, no bueno. Mm. Um, we, we're going to see some inflation. We're going to see some economic growth. We're going to see the stock market do well. And because of that, plus some other uh, regulatory changes, like right now the Federal Reserve, the federal government, is providing economic stimulus. Their economic stimulus through what the Federal Reserve is doing is keeping mortgage rates artificially low right now. The reason why rates are somewhere between 2.75 and 3.25% on a 30-year fixed mortgage is, is that's being manipulated. Mm. That's part of our government stepping in and providing stimulus. We can't stimulate forever. At some point, the government has to start to, to backpedal from their stimulus. When you see that happen, you'll also see mortgage rates creep up. Mm. Uh, you'll see the federal government backing off of stimulus as the economy starts growing on its own. When it, mm. it you know When you can take the training wheels off. Gotcha. Right? Like coronavirus happened. Oh shit, what do we do? Let's slap the training wheels on. Yeah. Let's wear the safety helmet. Let's put on the elbow pads. Yeah. Slowly, we're going to be able to, to, to back that off. Right. Now, here's something really crazy. Okay. And I'm probably going to shut the F up. Okay. Something really crazy because typically a Republican, just because of the policies and the views, right? Republicans tend to be uh, smaller government, less taxes, and what I call Dio's words, more Darwin, more Darwinism, right? That's, that to me is a, is a pro uh, Republican stance. Yeah. So typically it's not deemed to be pro economy. If you had a Republic, uh, democratic house, Senate yeah. and president, all that being said, I read an article by Goldman Sachs. So Goldman Sachs is not, um, to me, a politically leaning one way or the other, company, right? They're all about the, the not the green party, um, but they're all about the green, right? All about the money, all about business. Well, I read an article that was written by someone within Goldman Sachs that actually said, it's Goldman Sachs, by the way, uh, that actually said a blue wave, in this person's opinion, 
would be the best thing for the U.S. economy. So a blue wave would be the Democrats, also known as blue or also known as um, donkeys, right? That's their mascot, a donkey versus the other ones, uh, elephant. an elephant. Okay. Um, the, the Democrats currently have the House of Representatives. They don't have the Senate and they don't have the presidency. But there's a chance that they could take the Senate. There's a really good chance they're going to keep the House. And then um, let's just say it's a coin toss on, on the president. Well, a blue wave coming through could be deemed to be very pro-economy. Hmm. So this is a little bit different than what we typically see. Yeah. And here's the reason being is that with a Democrat majority in the House, the Senate, and they also have the presidency, you now have all three bodies that are going to work together to pass policy to pass economic stimulus, to work together. Now, it's still probably going to be very partisan, unfortunately. I wish we lived in a more bipartisan society, but we mm -hmm. don't. Not, not right now. Us as voters can – there we go. This is me getting political. Us as voters can change that. Yeah. Right. We can only vote for people who are going to, to, to use common sense to be bipartisan, mm -hmm. regardless if they're red or blue. Mm -hmm. I prefer purple. Um, but uh, – but no, so this, this article, it was very intriguing because it's just anti um, the normal thought process yeah. where you could have a, a Democrat-controlled Senate House with the presidency and it be pro-economy. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. But the biggest and the best news for our listeners who are most probably concerned with What's going to go on with my 401k? What's going to happen to my E-Trade or my TD Ameritrade yeah. account? Or what's going to happen to the value of my home? Am I going to be able to buy a home? What's mortgage rates going to be? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <gasps> Deep breath. Blow it out. It's all good, homie. It's all good. It doesn't really matter. There will be finite swings one way or the other. There's going to be some shoulda, woulda, couldas. But regardless... We don't need to freak out. Now, there very well could be other topics and and other issues that people very well should be and could be freaking out about yeah. based on their personal beliefs. Correct. Based on where their gut and their heart and their brain is. Mm -hmm. But this one, as it pertains to the economy, as it impacts the the the, the greater whole of us, mm -hmm. nah. No concerns. Wow. No concerns, not this election cycle. That makes you feel good. It should make you feel good. Yeah, I think this is too many times we get so caught up in the outer layers. And you, you've heard me say this personally yeah. when we get on, it's like friend talk. Yeah. When I call it, hey, friend talk. Like if we could just cut off the head and the tail. Mm -hmm. Cut off these, these crazies over here, these crazies over here. And let's play in the middle. Mm -hmm. It'd be fairly harmonious. Is that harmonious? Harmonious. Harmonious. I think so. Yeah. Fact check Har that. Harmonious. Fact check it, man. <laughs> Spell check me. Grammar check me. You got Grammarly somewhere. But yeah, so that's that. Wow, that was good. Yeah, get out there. Make your voice heard. Vote. Uh, what was the old uh, uh, city of Chicago? Vote early, vote, vote often. Mm -hmm. Okay, vote early. Don't vote often. You only get one vote. Correct. Voting often uh, would be illegal. We don't uh, We don't promote anything. No illegal. No illegal activity. Um, but that's it. Um, if you have any further questions as it pertains to to this, uh, I recommend you go to your local community college and take a, a course on American government and uh, policy. Yeah. You really should educate yourself. Yeah, like that's that's something I'm adding to my list. 
right? Next time I do 75 hard, maybe instead of reading a book, I'm going to go take a course on public policy. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. But until then, he's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. This is the Loan Officer Podcast. Check us out, guys. We are on YouTube, the Loan Officer Podcast. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. LinkedIn. Dustin Owen. That's how you find us on LinkedIn. You have to actually go on LinkedIn, type in my name. And you'll find it. Connect with me. Then you'll find it. But we're also on Facebook. We're also on Instagram. Share us. Like us. Share us again. And if you share us 10 times, Coleman will make sure you get this hat. Dang. You heard it here first. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We don't have to go home, but we have to end this show. Deuces. Peace.